Thank you for tuning in. We'll get to your program right after this short word from our sponsors. Do you wake up feeling like your best days have passed you by? Omega-3s are essential to the health of your body and cells. Scientists say an imbalance in the omega-3-6 ratio is a major cause of many illnesses. You need testing to know how healthy your cells are. Without testing, you're only guessing. Test yourself at home and start feeling better today. Find out how by calling Rick Kroll at 305-933-4219. Welcome to the Home Business Success Show. Join us as we speak to home business entrepreneurs for tips, tricks, do's, and even don'ts for running a successful home business. Welcome everyone. This is Hank Eater, also known as Hank the PR Guy, host of the Home Business Success Show. And you are listening to bizradio.us. All entrepreneurs, all the time. My guest today is fellow Biz Radio host Michael Palermo. We'll meet him in a few moments right after my two-cent marketing minute. Do you have trouble closing deals? You're likely forgetting that most deals are based on emotional decisions, not just strictly logical decisions. You must reach your potential clients at the level of solving a problem that hinders them so they can emerge as the heroes in their own stories. If you'd like to, you can check out Donald Miller's story brand for some deeper insights into really reaching your audience and closing deals. My guest today is Michael Palermo, host of the Biz Law Show here on Biz Radio US. Born and raised in Chicago, and after 47 years in the city and almost 25 years as a business lawyer, Mike felt he needed a change. He took a year off in 2014 to recharge, living in the remote mountains of Idaho. Now he's a Nashville business lawyer serving Buncombe County and the surrounding Western North Carolina business area, including Hendersonville, Waynesville, Marion, Silva, and even as far as Franklin. Mike formed the Palermo Business Law Firm in 2006 so he could be more flexible in the way he served his clients without the formalities involved in a traditional business law practice. His commercial law transactional practice helps all sizes of businesses and high-growth startups with their legal work. Welcome to the show, Michael. Good day, Hank. Thanks for having me on again. Oh, you're welcome. It's always a pleasure. Well, we've got a number of things we're going to talk about today, and we discussed five ways, or not five ways, but five things that home business owners should know And probably even if people are listening that are not home business owners, but they're just business owners, they should know these five things, beginning with um, how people get paid and things they should know about how they get paid. Yeah. um, So in honor of the home business episode, I actually turned my computer to face my small apartment where I work from. Um, I usually have a I usually go up against the wall backdrop. Um, but I thought I'd celebrate home businesses with today's episode. One of the main reasons people call me is because they're not getting paid. And over the years, I, I've just, whenever I give a talk on anything, one of my mantras is figure out how to get paid. It's your business, figure out how to get paid. Because I'm not filing a lawsuit for $140 or $800 or for that matter, $1,500. And a lot of unscrupulous customers and clients know that you're probably not going to sue them for 
140 or 180 or $800. So that's why one of my big mantras is figure out how to get paid. And that's not even so much a legal thing as it is just general business advice based on me doing this for 30 years and getting one or two phone calls a week from, you know, an honest business person who did something thinking down the road, they'll get paid. And then, you know, an unscrupulous customer just didn't pay them for whatever reason. Um, what I tell people is, if, if you can do a credit card or get cash up front, great, especially with a home business, you might not have the cash option, but you can get a credit card or a Zelle payment up front. Um, you can do a retainer. So let's say you think you think um, the business, the work you're going to do for the customer or client is going to be maybe three thousand dollars worth of your time. Get four or five thousand dollars up front, and then return whatever the balance is. That's what lawyers do all the time. When you hear about a lawyer on retainer, that's what they're doing. They're getting money up front, billing against that. Once the invoice goes out, the you know, in my case, the lawyer, I take my money and I refund whatever the the balance is. Um, I find that's actually a a good indicator of whether or not someone's actually going to pay you also, because if they don't want to give you 3000 now for you to spend what's probably a lot of time on their project, 30 hours or more, um, they're probably not going to pay you the 3000 in three weeks when you send out the invoice. So I've actually filtered a lot of clients doing that. Um, those are kind of the main ways to get paid. Get the money up front. Uh, just do a set fee, and they can just send you the money. And then as the relationship develops, you learn, like, oh, well, this guy's going to pay me, so now I can just start invoicing. I don't have to get a retainer every month for this person. But, you know, especially as a new business owner, you might want to think about um, getting some money up front. Or new business owner, or if um, you're going to do a lot of work real fast for somebody. Right. You know, one of the things that I do depends on the scope of the work I'm doing. Sometimes it's not a great idea to do this, but sometimes I work on intuition. If it's a very small job, you know, if I'm going to do something and somebody's going to owe me $250, you know, something like that, I just uh, use my intuition and say, I think this guy looks like he's pretty good for it. Otherwise, if I'm doing something much more involved, like building a, a turnkey uh e-commerce website for somebody that's going to take a lot of hours and a lot of time. I ask for 50% up front. And if they balk at that, I just tell them, you know, I don't get mad at them. I just tell them there's probably plenty of people out there who will be willing to work with right. you without taking the money up front. And the beauty of a website too, is I take the other 50% when the website is done. But at that point in time, until I'm paid, I'm really the sole arbiter of whether that website stays online or not until I give them an admin, until I give them admin privileges, which I do after they've paid me. Right. You know, I basically am holding their website hostage. So these Oops. are some very that's some yeah. very good ideas that you brought up. And also for, for new home business people who don't know how to go about getting a credit card, you know, not, not getting a credit card, but taking credit cards. There's something called Square. It's sometimes called Square Up, and you can open a Square account. They'll send you a little reader, you know, a little Square reader, or yeah. you can just do it online. You can take somebody's uh, credit card and enter it manually into Square. When I do that, I also charge the Square fees back to the customer. Right. Um, I was doing PayPal for a while, but their fees were getting too much. Cash App is one that I use. It's all one word, Cash App for myself. Or Zelly is getting more and more popular. So like to your point, 
to your point about the website is I, I have a client that did exactly that and it was on my recommendation because it was an out of their client was an out of state municipality and they weren't sure about doing work for this municipality the scope of work was getting all mushy so they said look we'll do it in two payments one is half up front and one is half on completion and now they're arguing about whether or not the website was complete but at least they got half in their pocket so they have something for their efforts and yes very literally um the other day they turned off the client's access to the website they, yeah, I, and I, I don't know i don't know how that works they just build it in a way that the client can't access it for admin you just shut it down you don't have to shut it down so that it's gone but yeah. you could set it back to the status that all people see when they get on it is website coming soon coming soon until yeah. such time yeah that's a great way to do it figure out now, how to get paid yeah figure out how to get paid and but that uh this discussion leads me into one of the other um points that that we're going to make and that's to have good contracts in place and enforce them and and to focus on the scope of the work there shouldn't be any surprises if a municipality wants a website and they want x you know xyz on it and you deliver xyz if that was spelled out pretty clearly in the initial uh documentation there shouldn't be any kind of an argument over whether that was completed right. or not right um so my background is I've, I've done a lot of construction work a lot of public construction work and you can't put up a building over two stories without knowing in advance um how much lumber you're going to need how much steel how much electrical wiring how many you know thousands of feet of electrical wiring um i actually did um a lot of work for the state of illinois for contractors building for the state of Illinois, mile-long roadways, three, four, five-mile-long stretches of roadway. And you get, it's called the project specifications, and it very clearly says 80,000 yards of concrete, 70,000 yards of asphalt, you know, this much white paint for the striping. And it just literally gets checked off, and as you check it off, you get paid for it. And that's sort of my background is, we never had scope of work issues on those projects, very rarely if there was a change made in the field, but then we were just talking about, well, what was the change and what's the pay for it? But very rarely would a contractor not get paid for not doing something because it was, you know, check the box. Here's your asphalt, here's your concrete, here's your, here's your guardrails, here's your painting, here's your striping. So I brought that to my private practice clients. It's um, scope of work and how to get paid. Those are the two big things you need. You don't even need a lawyer for that. You have a very clearly defined scope of work I'm gonna build you a garage that has these dimensions. It's this high, it's wired for electricity. It's got you know, drywall down to the floors. It's got a concrete floor, very clear scope of work. Then when it's done, you could walk through with your client and say, look, here's, here's the floor I told you I'd put in. Here's the drywall I told you I'd put in. Here's the electrical wiring I said I would put in. And then it no, there's no argument about the scope of work. Maybe you got the shade of paint wrong, which is easily fixable, but you've got a clear scope of work here's how you're going to pay me yeah that's pretty uh cut and dry and even go back to the uh example of a website if a client wants a website that has say five pages a home page an about page a services page a blog page a contact page so you know that there's going to be five pages the client also agrees in writing to provide all of the copy that's going to yeah. go on the site 
So when you build, when you've built those five pages and you give them, you know, the right to look at it and make, you know, minor changes like, you know, Hey, this word wasn't spelled right or something like that. Or easy changes. Yeah. Can we change out this picture for another picture that I've got? Sure. That's no problem. But if they try to say, this isn't what I was looking for, then, you know, they're, they're not being honest with you. Well, that's, that's my one client that's in the dispute with the municipality. Um, It's actually up near Chicago. Um, they had what's called scope creep during the build process. My client did, I don't know what they're called, but they basically mocked up the web pages, gave those mocked up web pages to the client. And then the client started saying, oh, can you do this? And can you do this? And it wasn't just change it from a medium blue to a light blue. It was, can you add 15 more pages with all this text and a, you know, a customized form? And can you accept payment and have everything relate back to something else? And the, the scope of work started like this, and it just keep getting mushier without my client doing a change order process, which is I very see. important. Which is very important in construction to track the changes. You might have an addition in cost. You might have a subtraction in cost. It might change. You know, we're changing the structural element here. We need to get the engineer to sign off it, off on it. So, scope of work including changes, how to get paid. Those are the two main things you want in a contract. Right. And I had something like that happen where a woman gave me, just like you said, she gave me a website that said, you know, this is what I need. And then I took a 50% down payment and started working on it. And once I started working on it, she started sending page after page after page of stuff that we never specified. Oh, can you do this? Yeah, then she got really upset when I told her I could do that, but it's going to cost. Yeah. So I I ended up, you know, at that point in time, I hadn't done a whole lot. You know, I had gotten it started, but I hadn't done a whole lot. I told her, listen, I'm going to send you back your deposit, and we're going to just end this relationship because it's not profitable, not fruitful for either of us. Well, you and and I have got the gray-haired experience. Um, I've got a client from a couple of weeks ago that he worked for a huge, um, I don't know if they're multinational, definitely North American um, company that you've probably heard of, you may or may not have heard of, but they're pretty big and I knew them. And he, you know, he was a sit at his desk and program kind of guy. And now he was going solo to consult with mid-sized businesses. And he didn't know anything about even drafting a scope of work, how to get paid, that sort of thing. So I've actually, more than being just a lawyer, I've coached him through the process. And he literally said, how do I get paid? And I said, well, you know, look at section three in the contract. I gave you five different options of how to set up your payment structure. And you can choose different ones for different clients. That's the beauty of word processing. Um, but I told him, I said, if, if you don't know going in what you're doing for them, you're going to have a hard time getting paid for it if you can't tell them what I'm doing and what I did. That is correct. That is correct. Let me ask you this. Uh, one very important thing that comes up for not just home business owners, but all business owners is protection from liability. And especially for home business owners, you know, I always right. recommend just don't bring anybody into your home for business, right. meet them somewhere. But what do you have to say about about that particular topic? So there's two types of liability that we talk about as lawyers. One is um, if something gets broken, somebody's arm gets broken, you drive through a red light and break their car. Those are, that's one type of liability. And then the other one is contractual liability. Um, one of the reasons we set up corporations or limited liability companies is to separate the ownership of the company from the company itself. The company has its own legal existence. It's a, it's a person that you've created separate than yourself. 
Um, one thing a lot of lawyers won't tell you is you're always responsible for your own actions. So if you drive through the red light and you're driving a delivery truck for Ingalls, you're still responsible for driving through the red light. Ingalls might have to pay because you were working for them at the time. So what I tell people is nothing beats good insurance. And there's plenty of insurance out there for small home businesses that will help protect them from those types of liability. Um, the other type of broken liability is, you, you know, I've, I've got plenty of clients that are, you know, home electricians, home, home contractors, they repair cars from home. Um, and that's the kind of thing, that you, you know, they're going out to people's homes and doing things. And then, you know, the electrician might screw something up and burn a little drywall or something. So to protect the individual owner, we set up the corporation or the limited liability company. And this would be a whole three shows to itself, but there's ways that you separate your individual personhood from the business's existence. And we call that the corporate wall. You build a wall between yourself personally and the business. So if the business incurs a liability, the individual is not responsible for it. If you're running a home business and you've got three delivery men out driving around, the business might be responsible if they run through the red light, but your home won't be at risk if you set it up and run it properly by putting up the wall between yourself individually and the acts of the business. Right. The you second, know what? Oh, go, go on. I think a lot of people are fooled by that name, Limited Liability Corporation, and they think that means if they set that up, oh, the end of the business is, is liable for everything, and they're not. But like you said, if someone comes into your home, if you're a home business person, you bring people into your home, and they fall down the stairs, Right, you are liable as a homeowner for that. It's not your, it's not your company. So, that's right. where you're saying that insurance is your best bet against that. You have to have good liability insurance. Good liability insurance, and actually, I've I've had clients that do separate home offices. So, I've had contractors that actually have an outbuilding. They have their home, and then on the back of the property, they have a building where they store their materials. They have an office for the to run the business. The you know, store trucks there, that sort of thing, fabrication. So they physically, even though the, they own the property individually, they physically separate the business from the home. And that's, that's, that's a great way to do it. That definitely is a good way to do it. You know, time flies and we, we're only really going to have a few more minutes. Will you touch a little bit on the concept for home business people of uh, hiring employees versus 1099 independent contractors. You know, we all come to where we have to outsource things because right. we can't wear all the hats. So sometimes we need to outsource things. Would you touch on that? So um, especially if you're just starting out, you might not know the difference. An, an employee is somebody that you hire. They're on your payroll. You pay them an agreed set wage. You give them hours. You give them tasks to do. Um, and with that comes all sorts of regulations and taxes. You have to pay the payroll tax, unemployment tax, workers' compensation tax, um, or not work, workers' compensation uh, insurance. And it gets really burdensome, especially if you're bringing someone, let's say you bring someone in part-time to just help you fabricate whatever it is you're, you're making from home. Um, what they try to do is define those people as independent contractors, and now the business owner doesn't have to pay all those taxes. The taxes are the responsibility of the independent contractor. Um, the IRS has been cracking down on them. I haven't seen it in my practice, but I hear about it. Um, the IRS used to have, it's like a 20 point test as to whether somebody is an independent contractor versus an employee. Um, they got rid of that, but it still sort of exists in the back of 
my mind and a lot of people's mind because it's 20 factors that you can look at to define if somebody is being directed as to how to do the work or if they're just being let loose. If I, if I just hire someone to go lay concrete and say, hey, go lay that concrete for me, and I just assume they know what they're doing, that's more of an independent contractor. But if I tell them, like, you have to be there at 8 o'clock, you have to put up the forms, this is what the forms look like, we get into that control situation. So, you know, just be wary. A lot of people want to make their employees independent contractors because it's quicker, cheaper, and easier. Might not be in the long run. Right. Well, you know, I'm an independent contractor, and I often get asked for, what is that form? It's not the 1099. The 1099 is sent to me by the client at the end right. of the year. But right. I'm asked, I think it's a W-9. I'm asked to send them a W-9. Right. Proves that, you know, I'm I'm an independent contractor. That being said, I mean, this time really flew by. I wish we had more time. We're basically running out of time. But if you would please tell us how our listeners can get in touch with you. Yeah, so through you, because you've had my contact for, for as long as I've been in Asheville. Um, my website is uh, palermolaw.com, P-A-L-E-R-M-O law.com. There should be a connect or a contact me button on there. And my email is just simply palermo at palermolaw.com. Well, that's great. Thanks so much for being here with us today. And for our listeners, thanks for tuning in with us. We're here every Wednesday at 11 a.m. for the Home Business Success Show right here on bizradio.us. Before I go, I want to tell you that there are some great resources available to home business entrepreneurs. You are not alone in your home business. Learn about the Home Business Success Community, an online membership support community of like-minded home business entrepreneurs. Contact me to find out more. Just go to bizradio.us, click on Shows, scroll down and click on the Home Business Success Show where you see my photo for more information. Remember, you can achieve success, freedom, and independence in your own home business. I've done it, Mike has done it, and you can too. See you again next week. This is Hank Eater wishing all of you a fabulous day of home business success. Thank you for listening. If you liked what you just heard, be sure to subscribe to the podcast and be sure to visit bizradio.us to find hundreds of other engaging conversations, local events, and more.